0: Is Shandy Chernow, and you're listening to the Shandyland podcast. I have for you today the chief technology officer of BurgerFi, Carl Goodhue. I'm so excited to talk to you. BurgerFi not only has amazing food, but also super innovative technology, and I can't wait to get into it. Carl, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Shandy. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I am, first of all, glad that you're feeling better, and uh, so excited to hear how you ended up with such a passion for technology and innovation.
1: Yeah, thank you. I I actually graduated college with a degree in business and uh, graduated right with the dot-com bubble. So I was self-taught website development and uh, learned Java uh, myself and uh, got into a uh, career of traveling consultant and building depreciation accounting software for utilities which Ooh. sounds super cool and exciting uh, and it is just as exciting as it sounds <laughs> um, and throughout that journey. I'm guessing there was like know,
0: a big five firm involved behind that. Uh, no actually this was a
1: niche consulting firm so I did get to travel four days a week. I, well, My wife and I joked that I eased into my marriage uh, <laughs> but uh, through that I, I, I realized that you know, programming's fun, but not for utilities and not accounting and depreciation software is, is rather dull. So I, I, I lucked into something. I lucked into developing on the original iPhone, right, as it came out and the Android devices. So I was building apps right as the App Store was released and lucked my way into that and fell into a position pure by chance where I was working for Home Depot as a consultant through a third party and built out some of their software for iPhone and, and eventually iPad. And Home Depot brought me on uh, full-time. And I, I built a team at, at Home Depot um, around their iPhone and Android app. It was a ton of fun. And that's where I really you know learned all about the career development process and uh, in terms of programming and, and how you have teams and uh, really grew from there. So I've been in big box retail. I went Home Depot, JC Penney, Macy's. um, And in between that, I worked at a a startup in Miami, Florida, a company called Yellow Pepper, which was eventually acquired by Visa where I was building payment software. And just through those connections, I ended up at BurgerFi. So I've, I've led big development teams with, you know, multiple teams in India and Vietnam and, and now I have a very lean team uh, where we're doing technology for restaurants and it's mostly through our vendor partnerships. So I don't write a lot of code anymore, which uh, a lot of people would be glad about. There There's not so many bugs entering the software universe anymore, but uh, I get to try out all these cool things and work with great vendors and deploy that in our stores and try to make a difference there.
0: So funny, hearing you talk about your story it took me back. You're like, I lucked into building, you know, the first kind of iPhone and, and Android oh. apps. The first phone apps I built were were wap. The the like yeah. old school, like you could oh, yeah, text, you know, exactly. like you could push the yeah. little buttons. Yeah push one for this option and push two for that option and all that stuff, right? Yep. And it you just you just took me solidly back to that spot in my life. Well I think there's
1: a I think there's a generation of us that coded TI eighty twos or whatever it was and I had to learn the hard way that they still know,
0: use those by the way in high school.
1: I, I, it's a racket. It's a total racket
0: <laughs> <laughs> like seriously like like the kids need those. My 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 12 year old's gonna need that for school next year. Oh that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, insane. And I was going to ask you about, you know, how did you end up in retail and restaurants? But you answered that question. So the question that comes to mind when you talk about now you've got a lean team and, you know, you're Mm -hmm. doing most of your software development stuff through vendor partners. Where Mm -hmm. do you fall on the buy versus build? Oftentimes in trying to sell people software, that's the number one objection. And once you get past the other stuff is why couldn't we just build this ourselves?
1: Yeah, no, we're, we're probably 95%. Uh, buy uh, at BurgerFi. I, I just don't have the resources, teams to support it, so it has to be a um, a buy decision for the most part. Uh, that that's a complete flip from my previous Macy's. It was a hundred percent built. Uh, we never bought anything off the shelf. Uh, so it, it, it's a it's a complete mind flip for me, and it. it it changes the dynamic very much. What that means though, is when I'm looking at technology companies, I'm looking for platforms mm-hmm. where I can differentiate our brand and it's not just buying something off the shelf and deploying that thing. It's buying that item mm-hmm. off the shelf and customizing it, but I can't spend a lot of money customizing it. And, and the platforms have to allow for that out of the box.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So you like the idea of buy so that your team can stay leaner, but you like the idea of individualized for BurgerFi. Is that what I'm reading there?
1: Yep, absolutely. So SaaS-based model, um, not a whole lot of capital up front. You know, the usual, you know, pay-as-you-go kind of model is what I see now. Yeah.
0: Well, and that way you're not having to pay a bunch of resources a long time for something that may or may not work out the way you had it in mind, right?
1: No. And uh, yeah, ex- the perfect example is a kiosk. Like, uh, I think I'm not going to give exact numbers, but uh, at the big box retail stores, you would have a budget of four to $7 million, let's say for building a self key- self-checkout kiosk. And instead I'm paying $2,500 a unit and 200 bucks a month. Yeah. Well, it's that's a lot of 200 bucks a month to make up $4 million.
0: No doubt. That, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's a significant difference, but it's always interesting to have that conversation, right? Why reinvent the wheel? Because we Mm -hmm. can build something that's exactly what we want, but how much is it going to cost you really to build that, right? It's just a.
1: I think the bigger thing too is, can I get my hands on the product resources to identify what's best for the industry, or let someone else with big pockets do that and let me know what works and just let me tweak it a little bit? I'm not an expert at everything. (laughs)
0: So you guys have some pretty cool stuff going on at BurgerFi. Mm -hmm. Tell me about some of the things, the things that you're building, not building, the things that you have rolled out already, and then we'll get to the ones that you're thinking about going with or are imminent.
1: Yeah. So we've we've rolled out kiosks to our corporate stores. Um, We've seen massive success there. We, I'm a strong believer in pilots and testing, dipping our toe in the water before we do and, you know, big rollouts. But we saw um, 18% lift in check average. And that's after backing Seriously? Out. Yeah, 18, 18 plus percent. And that was after backing out employee meals and things like that, that can only happen on the POS. So, how uh, do you was, think that is? Uh, In my mind, there's two things going on there. The first is that customers get to actually browse at their pace and decide what they want to purchase. And if you've used the kiosk yourself, you understand like, oh, I might flip and, you know, browse different categories and decide exactly. Oh, I
0: want want one of those too.
1: Exactly. Whereas if you're having the human interaction and you've got four 55 inch TVs above you and you've got a line of people behind you, you're going to default to top left right mm-hmm. oh, uh yeah i'm gonna take the burger i'll take a fries and uh yeah sure let me get out of here because i feel the pressure uh someone else is wanting to order so i think that's first the second part is our kiosks do a great job upselling they do it every single time 100 percent of the time
0: oh you've got a burger would you like some fries
1: yeah like, uh, do you want a shake? Do you want, do you want this, do you want that, do you want the drink? Da, da, da. And it never fails. Whereas we can train our cashiers to ask all day long, and yeah. we might get a 25, 33% hit rate on that.
0: What a great example of training is necessary, but not sufficient. I love it. Okay, so one of the other ones, and maybe my favorite, Patty the Robot.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Patty the Robot. So Patty the Robot is um she, she's a great example of um, just trying something because, hey, it's there and no cost to us to try it. I, I think it was, um, you know, it, it's, it's a good, good PR generation uh, for us. Uh, we got a lot of press out of it. Was, is it something that's going to be rolled out nationwide? I, I don't think so, but it's, a, uh, it's an interesting tool and the kids love it. So that's my take on it. Like it's a, it's an interesting shiny object, but as as a as a serious technology, do I think it's ready yet? No. Uh there's there's still issues there. Um we're we're still working with the vendor to um really fine tune it and I think that there's there's gaps in that technology. So we'll see how much they improve uh, they're they're using RFID to find the table tents, the the locators, and that really helped a lot versus the camera technology. Um, but I still think that it's a it's a technology that is a shiny object. It's we're not going to say to someone, oh, you no longer have to serve food because there's a robot that does that. Right, right. That's not going away. Um, you,
0: you, I, I live in Arizona, right, and you drive through the ASU campus. And there's Mm -hmm. literally, like, delivery robots driving around campus. Now, that's a very real
1: technology that I think has real value and will- You see
0: them waiting at crosswalks. Like, what did they install on campus to make that happen? You know? Like, that's just, as a technologist, I think that's just super cool and thoughtful. That's
1: very cool. It's very cool.
0: Like, they literally just sit there-
1: yeah. I heard today that like Denver, color, uh, Col- the state of Colorado is now charging a tax if you deliver via automobile starting July 1st. So yeah, if you can deliver by a robot, you just saved it's 27 cents, but you saved 27, 28 cents a delivery. Well,
0: every time you do it. Yeah.
1: Every time you do it. Yeah. Save it itself.
0: Okay. So speaking of, of cars
1: mm-hmm.
0: in car ordering.
1: Yep. Yes, we'll, Spill we'll be- all
0: the tea because I'm getting a new car and I think it might have like cell service. Uh,
1: so this is a uh, 5G service that we're rolling out with a partner called Mavi, Mavi IO. Uh, so, again, it was one of those where we work with a vendor. Uh, we're we we know our we know we punch above our weight, but we're not going to be working directly with Ford and GM and Chevy and all that. Uh, so we work with a partner, and yeah, you'll be able to order in the car. Um, it's, it's, I haven't heard of any cars rolling off the line just yet. I heard it was going to be August. So maybe, maybe yours is one of them.
0: Maybe I need to Um, send it back and wait. I don't know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) but it's the, uh, 5g enabled cars. Uh, they'll come pre-installed with the ability to order Burgify if you're in near one of our locations. That's so cool. And it's fully integrated into our online ordering solution, which means it no changes necessary in the kitchen. It just prints like a regular ticket, and then we get notified when you're pulling into the parking lot.
0: All right, so which ones did I miss?
1: What else have we done? Um, so we did the tabletop ordering. So I think the tabletop ordering was a surprise to me. That did not work like we thought it would. Um, you know, as a customer, I try to think about where I use different technologies. And tabletop was something that I've never really done without interacting with a person. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely, definitely done it as, uh, you know, hey, I want to look at the menu and then I interact with a server. But the tabletop ordering at Burgify never really took off. Uh, it just didn't happen. And so we pulled that out of our tests Uh, test market and I think that's an example of not everything's a success and we have to we have to put KPIs and we have to decide um, what are the success criteria up front you can't do it halfway through otherwise you get people playing the game Uh, and that was one where we said hey it's not working let's pull it out
0: that's got to be a relatively easy one to pull I would think
1: oh yeah yeah, super easy. And this is the this is the good thing about working with vendors. We invested very little in terms of capital and resources. And yeah, it's a disappointment. And we thought it would be a big hit. And that's why we tested it. But that's also why we tested it. Worked out we were wrong on that hypothesis and move forward.
0: Yeah. So. I like it. Fail quickly, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's pretty cool. So when you do make a change like that, whether it's patty or, you know, in-car ordering, and maybe that one just kind of works a little bit too close to mobile ordering, um, or the tabletop or whatever the case may be, when you decide to roll that out to the stores, what's the process that you go through to make sure that the stores are adopting the technology in the way that you envision so that it's as successful as it was in your pilot stores?
1: Uh it's a good question. And often it's I I have to temper it because my vision isn't necessarily the leadership team's vision. And we have to we have to be careful about what our end goal is. Um perfect example of that is the kiosks. So with the 18% increase in check value, my 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 going in position is we need this everywhere. We need a hundred percent of customers using it. Why wouldn't we? Well, the operations team pushed back. They said, well, no, we'll have some guests that want hospi- old school hospitality, right? We don't want to incentivize to the point the manager won't have a conversation with someone. So this, you know, Carl, you're pushing for incentives for managers to get, you know, really high kiosk usage, tap the brakes, let's let it work naturally, and we'll focus on the stores where maybe we can increase it, but not to the point where there's a you know, no interaction.
0: Yeah, there's always going to be questions people have about things or, you know, whether it's dietary restrictions or something. Absolutely. It, it, the kiosk yeah. may or may not know the answer to, or somebody might not feel comfortable with the kiosk knowing the right. answer to. So,
1: so to answer your question though, we work closely with the operations team. We work very closely with the training team and we we really look to see what habits work well in those pilot stores and how to replicate it and what to avoid it's as much what to avoid as it is what to replicate and oftentimes it's things that you don't think about whether it's like physical layout um just signage um you know just incentives that you don't think about maybe there is incentives already in play that um incentivize a manager to not use the technology or not Think about the guest experience in the way that you want, and removing those blockers so that it it is smooth, and that they're 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 working towards that. Um, so so it's working as a uh, one team. That's probably at the end of the day the most important part.
0: Well, and something else I hear in there, even though you didn't say it, is not rolling out too many things at once,
1: or rolling them out to different places because you don't. You you have to be able to understand what's causing the effects of check average increase or whatever it is. Like, if we had rolled out an LTO at the same time as the kiosks and then we saw check averages go up at the end, all of the store, right. we wouldn't know if that's what's causing that. So, yeah, I, That's I, a limited time
0: offering, just in case anybody didn't know.
1: Sorry, I'm using. <laughs> <burbage>. Yeah, sorry. <laughs>
0: LTOs are delightful, <laughs> but yes, they also cause bumps in sales. Right. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I can see, I can see the whiteboard with all the correlations and causations on it. Yeah. Um, okay. So what do you think would be the next set of things that you guys, because you, I mean, you're looking at stuff and you're implementing stuff that is so far beyond what most of the industry is doing. What are you looking into next?
1: Well, we rolled out a new charge cart this week so really? uh yeah like so i come from uh not credit card i'm not legally allowed to call it a credit card it is a charge card it's connected to your bank so it's more of a debit oh. card um, okay you know at uh, the big box retail it's been there for years hundreds of years like they've yeah. literally like they here's built- my
0: home depot card or whatever right, right?
1: exactly and so it builds loyalty um, it builds that brand awareness and just understanding that I can always come here and get a good deal or get what I always get. And so we're trying that and we're seeing whether it it works. Um, do any
0: other restaurants do that?
1: I'm not aware of any other restaurant doing that. I can't so we, think of one. Yeah, we, we partnered with a company called Imprint. Um, it's a virtual card. So you don't get issued a plastic card; you get downloaded to your iPhone or Android, and then you
0: more like in your Apple Wallet or whatever. It's in your Apple Wallet.
1: It's right in your Apple Wallet. Stop.
0: Can you use it in other places?
1: Yep, you can use it in other places and still get rewards. Yeah, so that's something we rolled out this week. That's um, cool. We we try to stay busy. And
0: what a good tie-in <laughs> from your retail experience, right?
1: Yeah, that's um, really
0: cool all right so what's next after that like what are the things that you guys are let's what's so far down the road you're not actually going to implement it yet but you think is interesting for the industry
1: i think for us it's back of house robotics um where the challenge is there is that we we do everything fresh cut so there's no frozen um no frozen fries like our beef is fresh in talking with the manufacturers that's a challenge
0: of the uh, robotics stuff. Of the
1: robotics, because everything with frozen goods, everything is a standard size, weight. It takes the same amount of time to cook. If things are fresh, that changes it and you need that human eye. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's going to be something that's a long journey for us. Um, I don't know if we'll get there, but we're, we're going to try. because. But yeah, I mean, if I you didn't
0: have to have somebody come in and slice 500 tomatoes, everybody's happy right, yeah. yeah,
1: or yeah the the fries alone i mean we we spend hours and hours dicing fries or or slicing fries, and they taste great, don't get me wrong, they taste absolutely fantastic, but that's a lot of labor to cut fries,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. so I think yeah. that's one thing, um another area that I really want to hone in on is the it, the completely seamless experience. How can I get it so that? when you walk in you order by however you want to order and you don't even have to get out your wallet your phone what have you and just through the context of the actions you've taken your bank approves that payment or your you know you you drove in the car you did the search for BurgerFi. so therefore the bank knows you are likely at a BurgerFi and I know you, so therefore it just happens seamlessly. It's kind of like the Amazon
0: stores, right? I haven't been in one, but apparently you just leave with your stuff.
1: I, I have been fortunate enough to to experience that, and it's freaky. You just, pick <laughs> your, you just pick up. I try to break it, you know. As a technologist, I was just putting stuff, picking stuff up, putting stuff down, trying to break it, and it's good. It, it you know, it nails it every single time. Yeah, it's kind
0: of crazy. The other thing that's kind of like that, you see it in the airports. Um, I've seen it at convenience stores too, where they've got just kind of a big square and you put your stuff on the square and it knows yes. magically what your stuff is. Yes. I have yet to be able to figure out how they're doing that, but it it's right.
1: It's a, it's a lot of AI. It's a lot of visual recognition. Um, there's weight sensors in there too, but no, it's, it's very cool technology. Um, you know, just... Just trying to make that experience completely seamless and not have to, you know, the less you have to think about how much you're paying, the better it is for everybody.
0: No doubt. Well, for the businesses. For the businesses. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, you know, what I wish that the people who made the squares where you put your stuff would influence is the self checkout at the grocery store because those guys drive me bananas.
1: Oh, item and begging area? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I bought birthday candles
1: for building those
0: (laughs) birthday candles are too light. You can't put them in the bag and have the thing know that the birthday candle is there. And I want to throw the self-checkout machine.
1: Yeah, alcohol is one that is tough for everybody. But as soon as you scan, at least now they recognize that 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 ID check can wait while you're scanning other items. Yeah, that's better. Remember, it used to be like, oh, you scan six pack. Now you're just going to wait.
0: You know, I I was at the grocery store with something alcoholic, I don't know, a bottle of wine or whatever. And the lady comes over and scans her little card and she goes, just put in the numbers. And I was like, ooh, I've reached that age. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Put in the
1: numbers age.
0: Yeah, she like waved me off. Nobody can see me waving my hand. But uh yeah, she was like, Go ahead, shoe, put your numbers in. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very depressing. All right. So, what's the favorite change that you've ever put in in any store you've ever worked in? Favorite innovation I, change?
1: Yeah, my favorite innovation change was, and I hope you've used this. This is still my favorite: is the aisle finder, the item finder in Home Depot. In the Home Depot app, where you can find exactly where the screw or bolt is. So um, useful. Yeah. I think the most innovative thing, it's another Home Depot story. Uh I got I was, I was much, much younger, but uh the virtual reality uh front door, you could hold up any item at Home Depot and it would uh put it over your camera lens and then you could like envision your new front door. That was a ton Ooh,
0: of fun. Yeah, that's that really cool. The,
1: that was on the commercials. So that yeah, was I-
0: and I remembered on the commercials i 'm not much of a DIY person as i 'm revealing myself here, but uh, so I go to Home Depot when I have to love them they 're great, sorry, Home yeah. Depot guys, but i just i 'm not capable of very many things on my own, but I do remember those commercials very cool yep
1: yeah, that was a that was a weekend project that uh, I then annoyed the art department because they had to cut out all of their big patio sets on <laughs> you know, get rid of the white and make it in Photoshop just so that people could do that. That's really funny.
0: I'm yeah. sure that they were very annoyed about that, but it turned out awesome. All right. Opposite side, which one do you think was a great idea and you were really expecting to be successful, but then maybe didn't work out as planned.
1: Um, yeah. I, I, I think self-checkout at Macy's, I was on that team. It just never panned out. It's just, uh, there's something about that that interaction at that retail store where people want to interact with with um, cashiers. And I think there's also another part to it, which is the loss prevention, putting the um, mm. security tags, removing security tags. So we spent a heck of a lot of money, a lot of effort to roll out self-checkouts at Macy's, and we just never got the traction there, which is unfortunate. I don't think it was a bad idea. It was just one that you know, too many logistical things to overcome.
0: Well, the way that a grocery store is laid out, everybody kind of comes in and funnels through one way and funnels out one way. And in in pretty much every Macy's I've been into, it's not like that, right? You can come Uh, in from five or six different places and you can go back out any of them. And there's not as much of a directed pathway.
1: That's correct. Yeah, many, many exits, many, many entrances and centralized checkouts.
0: Yeah. yeah. Although it is not, not Macy's, but department store in general, when you can't find somebody to do your checkout, self checkout would be great.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then when there's a security tag on it, now you're stuck. True. Yeah.
0: Just do your numbers and just put the security <laughs> tag on. Yeah. All right. So let's go back to restaurants. What's next yeah. for the industry, do you think? What's the technology that restaurants have yet to really adopt, but it's coming?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. I, I think, you know, I I look to retail as a, as a leader in the technology space, same day uh, deliveries, you know, kind of done. And, you know, we're, we're down to where DoorDash and Uber can get your get your goods in, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And really, I think retail has learned from that. And I, I'm always shocked when I get an Amazon Prime delivery the same day as a you know i order it um so you know I, I i honestly don't know i think it's an open market right now for who's got the next big idea who's got the next big thing you know you often look to mcdonald's or burger king to see what they're doing and they haven't really done too much recently chipotle did their you know chipotle lane that's that's interesting it
0: You know what makes me happy on the Chipotle app? What's that? Is that it knows my past orders and they're like front and center. So I come in and it's like, you ordered this last time. Is that what you want? And I can see all my past orders and I can just, okay, thanks. And then I don't have to pick all the things.
1: Isn't it funny how something so simple is what makes your life so easy?
0: It, it, It cuts down my Chipotle ordering time like 90%.
1: So if that was the thing where you could just walk in and say, oh, you know what I want and hit the big red button and it just works. Yeah. that That's that's it for you. Okay.
0: You fine. mentioned Chipotle and that's what came to mind, right? So in the Chipotle app, it's just really easy.
1: Yeah, I think like that Chipotle yeah, is good at making it quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: it even knows the right names that I put on it last time, right? Like I, it just just, it's a neat feature. Thank you, Chipotle, just in case you're listening. <laughs> All right. So how can people connect with you and BurgerFi online?
1: Uh, BurgerFi.com. We are publicly traded. So everything, all of our financials are online. Uh, We trade under BFI on the NASDAQ. Uh, For me personally, you can connect through LinkedIn. It's Carl Goodhue. Uh, There aren't any others. So that's uh, that's an easy one. Um, And it's Carl at BurgerFi and that's Carl with a K uh carl at birdify.com if you want to reach out
0: all right so then comes my favorite little ending Mm -hmm. of two truths and a lie and i told you in the pre-show that you know some chunk of guests rat themselves out along the way did you
1: uh i don't think so nice so so let's see here so challenge
0: was not accepted then so in no particular order and don't tell us the answer
1: of course of course so i'm an avid formula one uh that's the racing car racing uh fan And I watch every single practice, every single qualifying and all the races, the interviews, all of the off season drama, all of that. Number Number two, growing up in the UK, I did grow up in the UK. I'm a huge fan of uh, the royalty and the formality. And I actually have three corgis at home.
0: Just like the queen.
1: Just like the queen. Mm -hmm. Um, Third. I have a ton of unfinished hobby projects, so my office is a ton of cardboard boxes with electronics and components, and I just don't complete a lot of the projects that I start, unfortunately.
0: Me neither. Mine are, <laughs> mine are art projects and 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 like crafty things, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. anyway so no, those are great i really appreciate you thank you so much for being here what a great conversation i know everyone is going to get a ton of information out of it uh, and i will be at BurgerFi in several weeks when i am in florida so i am very much looking forward to it uh, carl thank you so much for being here i really appreciate that and uh, everybody else thanks for sticking around thanks for listening and as always this has been the shandyland podcast